Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for the Lord Jesus. We pray that you would help us to hear him this morning. That he would be our teacher. We pray this in his precious name. Amen. Whenever we were growing up, the Sunday school trip uh, from my church went without fail every year to the same place. We went to Newcastle uh, on the County Down coast. And one particular year uh, stands out in my memory. It was a a lovely uh, June day that rained so hard that we sat in the leisure centre the whole day. And from our um, little room that we were sitting in out of the rain, we watched children having lots of fun on bouncy castles and trampolines at birthday parties. And we were sat watching them a whole day. Because it was raining so heavy. Newcastle has a very simple weather forecasting system. If you can't see the Mourne Mountains, then it's raining. And if you can see them, it's just about to rain. That system never fails. In a farming community, the weather predictions are often discussed and, as I've found, never far wrong. You see, when your work depends on getting the right weather, then you become an expert in what's going on and what's coming down or not. Jesus makes the same point to the crowds that were following him. In Luke chapter 12. And it might be useful if you have it open in front of you. It's page 72 in the New Testament of our Pew Bibles. Luke chapter 12. You see the people in the crowd that day. They knew that a cloud in the west over the Mediterranean meant that rain was coming. And a south wind blowing warm air from the desert would bring scorching heat. They were experts in interpreting the earth and the sky. They knew how to understand the weather system. They could see what was coming and they adapted their schedule based on it. So if it was going to rain, they knew not to go out and do something that needed a dry day. The problem comes, though, when they can't see what is really happening all around them. Look at uh, verse 56. Jesus says, you hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky... But you do not know how to interpret the present time. That's the question uh, that drives today's passage. 
But let's remind ourselves of where the present time is with Jesus. What are these that he's talking about? Back, uh, you might remember back at the start of January, uh, we launched in at Luke 9.51. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus is on the road up to Jerusalem. He has an appointment with the cross. And through the cross to his resurrection and ascension. The countdown clock has begun. Jesus is on the way and nothing will divert him from the cross. Around him are his disciples, the twelve, which we hear quite a bit about. The 70 as well, who he sent out on a mission a couple of weeks back. Um, But there's also a big crowd. There are hundreds and thousands of people following Jesus. They're undecided about him. They're coming along for the ride while it's fun and while Jesus is doing miracles. They want to hear what he says. They want to see what he does. But they're not committed. They're not following him because they want to go with him uh, forever. But the countdown clock is on for them as well. The opposition to Jesus is increasing. He said last week that he has come to bring division. Are you for him or against him? In the uh, American uh, TV drama House of Cards, uh, the lead character, Frank Underwood, uh, is seeking to rise to power in the American political scene. Uh, And the series uh, follows his story. uh, And we watch as he deals with politicians and uh, journalists and uh, members of the public. But every so often, he turns and speaks directly into the camera. The people uh, watching the programme are uh, aware of his secrets and aware of what he really thinks uh, in some of those situations. So you can see sometimes he's you know, really nice to someone who he needs to vote in the right way, but then he turns to the camera and says, you know, I'm only doing this because he um, messed me over one time and I'm going to make sure I get my revenge. He's a bit of a nasty character. But the audience hear his secrets. The audience are told at the full story what's going on with him. And as Jesus goes along, it's a little bit like that. If you have at the passage open, uh, look at back a page to Luke chapter 12 and verse 22. Verse 22, he said to his disciples, Sometimes Jesus speaks only to the disciples. And then flick over to the beginning of our reading to verse 54. He also said to the crowds. You see some things are just for the disciples. For those who are following him. Some things he speaks to whoever will listen. Whoever is 
around. So now he's speaking to everyone, to anyone who will listen. And he says, you know how to read the weather. Why don't you know how to read what is happening here and now? And what is about to happen? They don't realise that Jesus is, is about to die on the cross. They'll be shocked that it turns out like that. But more than that, they don't grasp that their own time is short. That time is running out for them as well. Jesus says in verse 57, if you're on your way to court and you know that you're at fault, then it's better to try and settle the case on the way. Sort it out before you get to court, before you stand in front of the judge, before you end up in the dock. Because then you'll be thrown into prison until you've paid every at last penny. Now is Jesus at giving out some free legal advice? Is he just uh, helping them to know uh, how to deal with uh, whenever the uh, solicitor uh, comes around with a summons? Of course not. Look at verse 56 and verse 57. Both of them have the same phrase. But why Do you not know? Why do you not know? There's a link between uh, verse 56 and 57. You see, he's saying that that they may not even realise that they have been summoned to the court. Their accuser is preparing his case and the judge is waiting to pass sentence. Or if you like, if you, if you look at the weather forecast, the storm clouds are gathering and the time is short. So settle your case now. Don't leave it. Be reconciled now with the judge rather than landing in the dock and the prison. So next time you observe the weather uh, or hear someone say, oh, it's going to be a good day or a bad day or the snow's coming next week or whatever it might be remember that Jesus challenges us if if we can read the times what's going on around us as well as we can understand the skies with his crucifixion the storm clouds are rising the court date is set so get sorted soon And as Jesus talks of guilt and talks about the present time, some people in the crowd get the equivalent of the impartial reporter out. And they show him the headlines. They ask, what does he think about the shocking news that's trending on Twitter? Pilate, the Roman governor, seems to be a nasty piece of work. Some at Galileans, people from the same region as Jesus, 
had been in Jerusalem at the temple. They were offering sacrifices. And at that very moment, Pilate sent his soldiers to slaughter them. So that their blood ran with the blood of the sacrifices. The unspoken question behind the question is this. They must have been really bad people for that to happen to them. They must have done something really bad to deserve that. It's a fairly common idea, isn't it? It's the uh, accusation of uh, Job's friend Eliphaz uh, in our first reading. He says, if you suffer, you must have sinned really bad to deserve it. And sometimes we might even find ourselves thinking the same thing. Maybe you hear of uh, something happening to someone and you think, hmm, I wonder what they did to deserve that. But Jesus refuses to allow us to draw those direct connections between suffering and sin. Sometimes it might be true. Paul in 1 Corinthians says that some in the Corinthian church had fallen ill and had even died because of their disrespect for communion, for the Lord's Supper. But it's not always true. Jesus doesn't allow it here. Rather, the point that Jesus makes at both of that deliberate suffering, the uh, the attack by Pilate and his soldiers, but also the accidental disaster, the collapse of the tower which killed the 18 in Jerusalem. Those people didn't get what they deserved. No, the point is in verse 3. And verse 5, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Or in other words, don't watch the news and think they must be really bad. See the news or the death notices in the paper as another warning to repent before you perish as well. Get sorted before your court date. Read this storm warning and take action. Understand the times. The Galileans were in the middle of their religious duties when they died. They had gone up from Galilee to Jerusalem. It was a, a special time to be at the temple. The people in Jerusalem were going about their daily business when that tower fell on them. Jesus says that there is a danger of dying suddenly and unrepentant. 
It might be especially so of young people. Who think, do you know what, I've got another 60 or 70 years in me yet. I'll convert on my deathbed at the age of 99. But Jesus says the time is short. None of us know how long we have left. So get sorted sooner. Rather than too late. We don't know when our last chance to repent will be. We don't know when we will hear the good news for the last time. And be able to repent. Which simply means to turn aright, to turn from sin and turn to God. That's the point of the parable. A vineyard was a fertile place. The fig tree had everything going for it, but it produced no fruit. Now I don't need to tell you that a fig tree without figs is pretty useless. How else would you get the figs to put in your fig roll biscuits? So the owner says that time's up. No figs for three years equals the chop. But the gardener persuades him to give it one more chance. One final opportunity. Jesus was saying to the crowds that day that they were on their final chance. The people of Israel were being given another opportunity to follow Jesus. But as the story continues, they reject him. Within 40 years, Jerusalem will be destroyed. Time had run out. The disciples were among the crowd. The disciples needed to hear uh, that message too. Because one of the twelve heard these words and went on to betray Jesus. So we need to hear them too. Understand the time because the storm is forecast. Understand the news. It's a call to repent. And understand the parable. We may have only one more chance to turn from sin and turn to God. As we come this morning to the table. May it be the demonstration of our turning to God. Of our trusting in the salvation that comes through Jesus. And so now we turn back to page 202. To the confession As we come to God our Father, let us pray.